வெல்கம் டு கிரியேட்டிங் வெல் த்ரூ பேசிவ் அப்பார்ட்மெண்ட் இன்வெஸ்டிங் பாட்காஸ்ட் இன் திஸ் ஷோ வி வில் டிஸ்கஸ் அபவுட் பெஸ்ட் அண்ட் ஒர்ஸ்ட் எக்ஸ்பீரியன்சஸ் அபவுட் பேசிவ் அண்ட் ஆக்டிவ் அப்பார்ட்மெண்ட் இன்வெஸ்டிங் அண்ட் ஐ ஆம் யுவர் ஹோஸ்ட் ராமகிருஷ்ணா லெஸ் பிகின் த ஷோ The Multifamily AP360 Virtual Summit is bringing together today's leading multifamily investors, professionals and operators for two days of learning and networking on March 18-19 of 2022. Tickets are available at multifamilyap360.com. I hope to see you there. Today's our guest is Angel Williams from Lauren Capital. Welcome, Angel. It's great and awesome to be here. Sure. Thank you. And a little bit about Angel and uh, Lauren Capital. Lauren Capital LLC is a Wichita Falls, Texas real estate investment firm that specializes in syndicated multifamily investment. It's nearly 20 years of experience in the local real estate market and current involvement in more than 70 million in syndicated properties. The company is well positioned to help investors reach their investment goals. So with that, Angel, you want to add anything to your background? Um, I, I was a K-12 educator for a while and um, I still do some adjuncting for college courses in economics. So other than that, we just do real estate. <laughs> got it. Got it. So how did you get into real estate and multifamily? So honestly, my husband and I both grew up in families that invested in real estate. So it wasn't a big leap for us to continue in those footsteps. And we started out in residential. We did, well, we're still in residential as well. We've been there about almost two decades. And it was honestly when our son was diagnosed with a rare genetic disease that we realized that if we wanted to be able to make sure that he was cared for once we were no longer here on earth, then we needed to do some serious scale. And that wasn't going to happen in single family or residential multi. Got it. And uh, you, your company aim, aim to take a longer term approach in many of your deals. So would you elaborate on that? What is the reason why? Um. So part of it is just because we come from residential, I mean, we're used to long-term holds. We we like to get to infinite returns. And we believe that that is also attainable in multifamily. And we would like to get as close as we can to that for our investors. And that generally just takes a little bit of a hold of a longer hold. Got it. And you exhaustively vet uh, properties. So would you share the process? So the, the property we got across the finish line in December of 21 is about 15 minutes from our house. And the cool thing with that is that we are really familiar with this market. We've been investing here on the residential side for 15 years. And so we were looking at it. We wanted to make sure that it was it was cash flowing. And once we saw that it was cash flowing and we thought that we saw that it was basically sitting 90 at 90, um, we knew that it was already stabilized. And so that was very comforting to us because we, 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 again, we understand like the way you can push rent here and it's not the same as other places. It's a, you have to be a bit more conservative. And so we feel like by, by looking at the property and seeing it was well-maintained, seeing it was cash flowing, it was, you know, it was already pretty stable. We felt comfortable with that being really enough of a vetting process to go ahead and make um, the move on the property. Okay, got it. Thank you. And you mentioned you work, uh, you're still working as a teacher and you know education field. So any of those skills translating into real estate multifamily investing? Yes. Honestly, the teaching kids really forces you to to bring the real you to the table because 
kids can tell in like 30 seconds <laughs> um, if you're being real with them or not. And it really just showed me just the importance of being truly you, being real, being authentic. And I was able to bring that into networking and relationships. And when we were starting out, we were passive. And I I also learned some skills from the kids on being able to tell who was real and who wasn't. And that internal compass hasn't always been 100% correct, but it's been correct a lot of the time. And so I've been able to translate that over. And then I also teach um, economics and understanding how people respond to incentives has been pretty amazing in multifamily. So got it. And also your company strive for, you know, properties to enhance their neighborhoods. So would you share, would you share a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Um, so when we're moving, when we're moving into an area, we want to make sure that everything we do benefits the people around because we want those people to catch some of those positive externalities. What are externalities? Externalities are the things that outsiders experience because of you. And we don't want those to be negative. We always want those to be positive. And so by by keeping the properties looking nice and not letting them get run down or have a lot of repairs that always need to be done, any kind of like deferred maintenance, we're going to be staying on top of that and making sure that it's that it's nice to look at so that people get some of that positive externality by the property being there and being well-maintained. Got it. So, and one case, uh, your group targeting and what size of deals? So the one that we got across the finish line at the end of the year last year was a 72. It was um, it was a $5 million purchase and the, the capital raise, um, it was our first capital raise. And we learned a lot. Uh, <laughs> it's It can be difficult. And so I'm glad we started where we started. I feel confident that we could do a bigger deal next time. If I have to like make a number guess, I would say that we're probably somewhere between that 75 and 150 range right now. I don't know how far above a 10, a $10 million purchase we could go. I feel a lot more confident in our capital raising abilities now than I did, you know, eight months ago. Got it. And so what markets you're targeting? Um, we're probably going to stay here in, in Wichita Falls for a little bit. Um, we do have family in Waco and in Lubbock. So we're looking at both of those. Jason's dad had about 70 residential multifamily in Waco. And residential multifamily is your two, three, four unit. So the quad, the tri and the duplex. And so we would like to continue building the real estate portfolio there. I think that would be a smart move. My husband thinks that would be a smart move. So that's why we're looking there. And then Lubbock, we we still have a single family home in Lubbock that is um, cared for by property management, and we wouldn't mind building the por- building a portfolio of more multifamily there, even some residential multi to kind of mitigate vacancy risk because single family homes when they're empty they are one hundred percent empty. So <laughs> just to mitigate some of that risk. Got it. And so from capitalizing point of view, so what kind of challenges you have faced and what kind of lessons you have learned is that. Something you want to share? I can. Um, so one of the things that really, as passive investors, one of the things that I found very difficult was when my internal compass was off on a person. And so it set me back for a few months because I felt really, I felt duped. Um, and so I think I put a little bit more into just that gut check. But even then, the numbers penciled out. So I'm not sure that we could have avoided the situation because I felt like we did that fairly well. So that was a challenge, just getting over 
getting over misreading um, a person in a situation. So on the passive side, that's the challenges we've had there. On the active side, it's been that you you don't know what people's risk tolerances are until you are in the middle of it. And one of the things that you don't hear very often is that the reason why people join that JV structure for the GP with their LLC is because morphing happens. Divorces happen. And by joining into that GP group with an LLC, it's easier to leave because sometimes those things happen. And that was very challenging because we thought we had a really good group in our GP and it was the risk tolerance that kind of made it tough for us to stay together as we move forward. But with us having so much hard day one on the line, we knew we were taking it all the way to the end. And it was, I think, just too much risk for the rest of the team. Got it. Got it. Would you also share any lessons learned from acquiring 72 units deal? How exactly acquired that deal? You know how long it took to close the deal? Um, it took a really long time. <laughs> We got under contract in August. We crossed the finish line December 17th. Um, one of the biggest lessons I think I learned, and I don't even know how, I don't even know how possible it is, but I feel like from now on, I want to make sure we have a loan product in hand, determined, moving forward before we do the webinar. Um, <laughs> there was this belief that it would just happen and finding a loan product doesn't always just happen. And so we we tried all sorts of different loan products and it took a while for us to find a viable loan product. And so probably the number one thing I learned was just make sure you've got your lending like tied up. Make sure you got that solid because if you don't, it can make things super stressful and very hard to complete. Totally understand. And so what kind of lending options you have got? Uh, we wound up with a bridge. It's um, two years interest only with two more years that can be added in at one year increments. And then I think it goes to 5.99, but I could be wrong. Um, my husband is the one that did all the underwriting, but I know those, I know that the first four years are IO, well, two years and then one year and one year. So got it. And how much LTV? We got LTC and I want to say it was 85. Uh -huh. um, so it covered a portion of the CapEx and then it covered um, an equivalent portion of the principal. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, how exactly are managing that property? Did you hire third party property management or you're managing internally? Um, actually, what we did was the current property management that the seller was using, we have kept them on and it's been a pretty smooth, a pretty smooth transition. You know, I will say probably one more thing I learned was that when you get something so close to to the end of the year when there's going to be lots of holidays. Um, you're probably not going to get into a good groove until near end of January, beginning of February, because I feel like we're just now getting into a pretty good groove. And part of that was just holidays, people missing for holidays, and then um, just a lot of things getting back in check as, as kids went back to school. And there was just a, a little bit of a lag period there. So I think in the future, if we take one across the finish line so close to the end of the year, we need to do a better job of making sure that everybody understands what we're wanting to do. And so we can get into a groove um, before the you know end of January. Got it. Got it. So 
Would you share any of your best multifamily investing experience so far? There are, there's a couple of deals in the DFW area that are both doing pretty well, but I like them for different reasons. There's one that I like because they have insane communication skills. Um, During COVID, we were continually updated about what was going on, where were distributions. They caught up with distributions. They let us know, I mean, everything. It was wild. And then for the other one, we just like the fact that it does monthly distributions. And so, like I said, we like them for different reasons. And then we're also in a deal in Houston and it's it's doing very well. Um, it's been very close to projections and pro forma. And so we're, we're really happy with that one also. So we kind of like them all for different reasons. Got it. So would you also share any of challenging experience of any, any of the deal at your passive? Honestly, the... The one that's been the hardest was there was a deal where we got no distributions for almost two years and communication was very low. Um, I actually think it was kind of the minimum required. And so that one was really frustrating because we didn't really know what was going on. And then when we did find out stuff, it wasn't the greatest stuff to find out. And we usually found out about it by from somebody else, not from the people that should have been communicating. Mm, got it. So... What is your current focus and share something you're excited about now? Uh, We are still touring multifamilies here in our hometown. And we're looking forward to getting another couple of deals under our belts and seeing where it goes. We also do, um, we do our own three-day virtual summit and that's coming up. And I really enjoy that because I get to meet people and I get to connect with more people. And so that's always really fun to me. And so my focus is on the education side of things. I like to share the education because, well, (laughs) I'm a teacher. And so I really enjoy having our educational platform with the podcasts and just all of the information that we um, send out from there. So that's kind of my focus. My husband is transitioning from a W-2 to a 1099, and he is really, really, really wanting to focus on the multifamily and building our portfolio and just scaling. Cool. Through podcasting and through conference, that is how you're teaching here in multifamily space also. Awesome. Yeah, it is. So any one advice that have impact on you, Angel? Um, yes. There have been quite a few people that when I felt like it couldn't get worse, <laughs> um, there have been people that have come along and talked me off the ledges. And whether that was, you know, Peely Rusi on my first summit or John, uh, John Kasman at the second one or Whitney Sewell when I couldn't get any traction on capital raising, there were people that I could reach out to. And they always kind of, they always kind of just like supported me. And so what I saw from that and like the, the unspoken advice that I really heard was you have to support the people that are closest to you. And when they're down, you don't have to necessarily give them advice or anything like that, but just support them. And then when things get better, you know, you can reach back out to the people that supported you and thank them and then just pay it forward. And so even though it wasn't necessarily spoken, it was definitely felt. And so I took that advice from there. Cool. So on what drives you what you're doing? So we've got four kids. And our son has a rare genetic condition. And what really pushes us is that we want to form a foundation that will care for, it will, I say care, it'll educate and support research and support families that get these new diagnoses 
diagnoses of this condition because it was really hard when we got the diagnosis because it was so you know, unclear. It was unclear where we could, where were we going to fall out on the spectrum because while the disorder is a very specific portion of the 15th chromosome that's generally copied, the effects of that copy can vary greatly. And so what we want to be able to offer to families that get this diagnosis is just support and education and options. That's That's been my big takeaway throughout all of this with all of the real estate is that the coolest thing is that you get options. You get some financial wiggle room. You get to remove some of that reliance on a paycheck. You can take the golden handcuffs off because you get options. And options give you freedom and they make you feel like you're not boxed in. Great. Yeah. Thank you. And any books that impacted your life and what way? Oh, goodness. There's so many. Um <laughs> <laughs> Probably my favorite book, and I always come back to it, is Positive Intelligence because it gave me some insight into why I search for validation in the ways that I do. Because what I found was that I am a hyper achiever. That doesn't mean I'm a top A. What it means is that my validation and my sense of accomplishment comes from what I do for others or what I do in general. And I never knew that was how I operated. And so after I read that book, it gave me just a different perspective on why I was doing the things I was doing. And it helped me like reorder and redirection where I was putting my efforts because I needed to be putting my efforts in places that benefited our business and our family and ourselves instead of just for whoever, just so I could get that feeling of accomplishment. Because if I'm doing it for others and they aren't receiving it and I'm not building, I'm not building somebody up or I'm not building up my family, then I don't need to be continuing to participate in those activities just because it gives me some sense of outside validation if it's not actually doing anything to benefit anyone. Got it. Got it. And how can listeners can connect with you, Angela? Um, if anyone listening wants to connect with me, you can go to our website. It is www.theacademypresents.com. That's where you would find um, our podcast and information about our summits. We've got some workshops. Uh, we've got a meetup every Monday and you could find the info there about our Zoom. Um, you can also go to laurencapital.com. So www.lorencapital.com and get information about what we're doing investment wise. You can join our investor list and either one of those sites will give you information to get in contact with us. Awesome. And thank you, Angel. Thanks for adding value to the show. Oh, thank you. The multifamily AP360 virtual summit is bringing together today's leading multifamily investors, professionals, and operators for two days of learning and networking on March 18-19 of 2022. Tickets are available at multifamilyap360.com. I hope to see you there. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, 
please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.